Hi, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of Ecopreneurs, fortnightly conversations with entrepreneurs who are trying to make a difference in the global fight to mitigate climate change. I'm Harir Rakli, and in this episode, Bhakta Keshavachar gives us a quick update on his four-year-old company, Chara, in Bengaluru, where he and his fellow co-founders are close to commercializing a type of motor that eliminates the need for rare earth metals. In this conversation, Bhakta walks us through the significance of this, explains the technology they've developed and talks about their commercial launch later this year. Applications of such motors range from electric vehicles to industrial and HVAC systems and even household appliances like washing machines. Chara is backed by VC investors including Xfinity Venture Partners, Kalari Capital and CIIE. Thank you so much uh, again uh, for making time for this. Um, really appreciate it. And at short notice, um, just to get us started, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself as well as the company Chara? And we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, thanks, Hari. Um, uh, thanks. It's a pleasure to uh, talk to you. Thanks for the opportunity. So, uh, uh, what we are, so just to set context, uh, we are, we have, we run, this planet is undergoing this large transition, energy transition. We are moving from hydrocarbons to electrons for all our energy needs. And we see that in the mobility sector in a big way, which is hopefully good for our um, well-being of the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this transition come a plethora of problems and opportunities. One of them is the motor, the future engine that will drive everything. Uh, uh, but if you look at motors, the current motors are either uh, grossly inefficient, like the induction motors, or the efficient motors have this rare earth magnets in them, which makes them work. And the rare earths, um, uh, which go by the name of uh, neodymium, dysprosium, samarium, yttrium, they're critical for our electric future. So so the, there are a few problems with these rare earth uh, minerals. Uh, they are expensive, they are difficult to mine and extract, uh, both environmentally and economically. Um, the last but not the least problem is one country, our friendly neighbor, has a 90% control over the supply chain, which is not good for um, co- with supply chain issues, uh, cost sensitivities and uh, geopolitics. So, um, so basically what we do at Chara, Chara stands for uh, motion in Sanskrit. So motors came from the word motion, I think. Uh, so we are reinventing motors. Uh, that's why we called it Chara, uh, the Indian name for uh, motion. Uh, we build rare earth free motors and controllers uh, for various applications, electric vehicles, industrial applications, wherever uh, motors um, are, are used. Uh, that's, the, uh, the, uh, that's the whole purpose of our company. So we take electricity and convert into mechanical motion. Uh, why electricity is important is it's the only known source of energy today which can be produced in a responsible way, transmitted easily, stored, and at the point of consumption, it is pollution-free. That's why we are all going to an electric future. People do talk about hydrogen, but still, it's still about a decade. So, uh, so we want to make our electric future sustainable by giving uh, this world a sustainable motor. Our motors are completely rare-free, so they are, they are devoid of critical mineral dependence, environmental effect, lower carbon footprint, and all of that. Uh, they, the second one is they are hyper-efficient. 
they're much more efficient. They're about 94% efficient. That means they waste little of the electrical energy you put uh, into the motor. Uh, most of the existing technologies are at least a 5 to 20% off. Uh, and why this is important is 60% of the electrical energy we consume, we produce on this planet is consumed by motors. So even moving the efficiency of the motors by a few percent has a large effect on the ecosystem. And of course, like most entrepreneurs, it's also a business opportunity for us. So that's a broad uh, background and context uh, why we started Chara and uh, what we do. There are a few other problems that are India-specific. Uh, one is all the motors and controllers that we use today uh, in electric vehicles are imported or locally manufactured by the uh, large MNCs. We wanted to build the, the new generation of motors, the Bharat motor, which can be used to propel um, all over um, uh, economic activity. Uh, and uh, it is a worldwide uh, solution. So rare earth is a problem that is keenly uh, looked at by every country in the world, especially North America and Europe. There is also the political angle, which is China has a 90% control over supply chain and we want to get away from it. So the other reason why we wanted to uh, do this build Chara is that we wanted to build a product company from India, build a product, uh, uh, deploy it in India uh, against revenue and then take it to the world. So mm -hmm. these are the three aspects. Uh, so number and uh, the last one is that since we don't use rare earths, our motors should be cheaper in the long run. Apart from all other things, rare earths are also uh, expensive. Uh, so the, that's what we started about. Um, that's what we do at Chara. We started about four years ago, um, uh, right at the beginning of COVID, uh, you know, which was a bad thing. Uh, but uh, fortunately, we were uh, initially we were supported by grant. Um, from the Indian Institute of Science. Uh, so apart from all other uh, uh, people who think rare earths are important, the government of India also thinks rare earths are important that need to be solved. So they gave us a grant. And after that, uh, CAIE, based out of IIM Ahmedabad, um, provided the first institutional investment. After that, we have gone through two rounds of funding. The first round was um, led by Kalari. Uh, and the second round uh, was led by Xfinity. Uh, and, uh, and participate, good participation from a bunch of customers. Um, we have now developed the products, the motor and the controller, tested it on our dynos, tested it on external labs, tested it on customer vehicles, and we will see the deployment of these motors uh, sometime in Q2 of next year, couple of quarters from next year. Mm. Um, why this is important for us, um, I would like to say almost a personal level is that when these motors get deployed uh, in products in india it will be a primarily a two-wheeler a three-wheeler uh, and an industrial application a basically a standard 5.5 hp industrial application these kind of motors will not be will not be the first of its kind in in india it will be the first of its kind in the world so it's classic deep tech uh, so there are various definitions of deep tech. Our definition of deep tech is we should be working on a product that has not been deployed anywhere else. Very simple. Um, so we are working on deep tech and that's one of the things we wanted to do from India. Um, the 
the other thing i wanted to mention is i think what you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation is that when we started 4 years ago it looks like a long time or a short time depending on your uh, how you think but one thing that has changed is that there is more support for deep tech now deep tech is not a bad word anymore uh, so which is good uh, the reason i'm saying that is uh, another distinguishing feature of a deep tech company is that uh, from concept to revenue we think it's about 5 years that means we need patient and reasonable amount of capital so if you give a small grant if you give a small funding fortunately it doesn't take us take us anywhere so we need significant amount of funding um for a reasonable period of time before we see this uh and the last uh, definition of deep tech is that we believe that it'll have a much it'll have an um like a non linear impact a very deep impact mm. uh and we believe that rare earth is a huge uh, problem both uh, from a geopolitical angle um and from an environmental uh, angle yeah, very nice can, can you just take a step back and talk a little bit about your background and you know if I, there are any co-founders yes their oh, background yes. i mean you all look like uh, you have spent a long time in the industry yeah. before you started yes. chara so i think we'll give our listeners a little bit of context on what you all did and also give us a sense of uh, how your experience helped you to zero in on this idea yeah so are you right another distinguishing feature of deep tech startups is it's usually started by old people a hmm. <laughs> uh, lot of experience is needed uh, so uh, jokes apart uh, so quickly about uh, my background um, i like to build things uh, i have an electronics degree from uvc bangalore and i did my masters at arizona state uh and spent about a decade working for intel in arizona then moved back to my hometown uh, uh about 15 16 years ago mm. um and uh, after moving back i started um, uh, a company called easytap uh which is in fintech uh where we built this country's first and only point of sale terminal designed manufactured in bangalore certified for global standards deployed both in india and uh, outside india which we recently exited selling yeah. to razor pay you know is yeah you know easy tap and after that um, we uh, i was looking for my uh, the next gig now one of the good or bad things about being an entrepreneur is once you are an entrepreneur you can't do anything else you can't get back to a job i think so i was looking for my next gig i was looking at various uh, possibilities uh, i think energy transition is a huge opportunity i mean there is so many things to be done uh, and uh, we zeroed in on uh, so we looked at the battery and the uh, motor battery is also a problem that needs to be solved at the global level and especially at the national level uh, but um, we think that um, first of all i don't have a background i don't have a chemistry background and the other thing is uh, battery solving the battery problem needs about a billion dollars or mm. more uh so we then we looked at the motor and then we saw this problem uh you know we wanted a locally designed and manufactured motor we wanted an efficient and green motor and we wanted a motor that is free of critical mineral dependencies mm-hmm. uh and that's when we looked at this thing called reluctance motors uh and started working on it now um i uh how should i say this I have electronics background and firmware software background I don't know how the motor works I still don't know how the motor works so I had to uh I uh, literally 
look around and look for a person who has actually built motors. Now, this guy is not about talks about motors. He actually built it. So I we used various methods, and one of them is from alumni network in UBC Bangalore. So I met Ravi Prasad, who is a very senior guy, you know, head of uh, design for Kirloskar Motors, the large motor company, which I think no longer exists. Uh, so I found him, literally plugged him out of retirement, and, and he wanted to build the this new. Um, he knows the rare earth problem because he builds motors. So Ravi is our co-founder. He is the motor guru. He is the guru in electromagnetics, mechanicals, and thermals. Uh, the uh, then we need the uh, the person who can build the controller which runs the motor. It's called the controller of the drive, which basically needs a lot of expertise in hard. Uh, hardware, power electronics, and algorithms. So Maha Mahalingam Kaushik, a graduate of IIT Madras, and um, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, uh, upstate New York. Um, he also moved back. We used to work together in EasyTap. Uh, so he also uh, joined us. So we are three founders, and and this is not a coincidence in in terms of background. Building a motor and a controller is a highly multidisciplinary activity. So we need people from electromagnetics. We need to understand Maxwell's equations, um, which I don't think anybody understands. Uh, then we need um, mechanicals, thermals, and then we need power electronics and software. So the three of us kind of reflect that uh, diversity in uh, the technology uh, uh, experience and the experience to build uh, uh, products. Uh, and uh, the uh, for me personally. The experience of EasyTap taught me a uh, lot of things uh, apart from uh, engineering. And I think that is all being put to good use in uh, Chara. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Uh, and it's amazing how these kinds of things are happening in, in India now. I mean, you no longer have to restrict yourself to uh, building software. Yeah. Even if it is software for systems or uh, some kind of a product but now people like you are actually building those products themselves yeah. i think that's a an important uh, relatively under recognized transition that uh, the indian startup scene is going through uh, yeah so very very uh, interesting and again for some context uh, for our listeners general audience uh, may not necessarily appreciate the nuances that you're talking about i mean currently if somebody buys an ola scooter yes. or a ether scooter or whatever correct what is the motor they are getting so the all the motors that are used in electric vehicles today from the smallest e bike to yolo to ola to nexon to tesla they all have the same motor uh-huh. same technology uh-huh. they all have this uh, uh, magnet ndfeb magnet based motors and the mo- magnets are all coming from our neighboring country. I mean, nothing about wrong, bad about the neighboring country. It's just that we should not depend on a foreign country for a critical raw material. Yeah. Uh, given my age, I have this mental model where um, we have been dependent on Gulf for our energy and a lot of countries. And if we don't do anything, we'll depend on another country for the next 75 years. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a huge opportunity. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out was, you know, um, unknowingly when we started EasyTap, what we tapped into was a large transition that was happening. And this transition was the digitization of the Indian economy, basically. Yeah. So basically, uh, I think at least a dozen unicorns have been, you know, spawned out of that. 
whether it is razor pay or phone pay or pay and easy tap one of them a similar but much larger worldwide opportunities there now because of this energy transition mm-hmm. uh, and i think and i think this is a multi decade opportunity we are just seeing the beginning we are still not reduced our petrol consumption in spite of all the things we are saying yeah. we are still not there i think it will take another uh, decade for the the growth to become negative yeah. in hydrocarbons and then electric will pick up and that's why this is the time uh, to look at these things and as you as probably everybody knows energy is critical for a country and we need to own the sourcing and uh, uh, supply of the critical materials that go into the uh, management of this energy mm-hmm. no sir so, uh, just uh, bringing it back to my question about what's the difference i mean uh, if i can ask you to delve into that a little bit more explain in layman's terms the so in in the raw materials you don't use the rare earth metals magnets, magnets. Uh, magnets. so technically what is the implication in your motor versus what is currently in the market so uh, the current motors that are used in high efficiency motors uh, they are all they all they have this powerful magnets uh, which are based out of which are made of raw uh, rare earth materials so the, uh, so fundamentally the way the motor works is you have the magnet on the rotor uh, the rotor is the one that rotates around the shaft then there is a stator which is around it so you energize the stator the rotor magnet moves and and uh, how that's how we generate the torque very well known technology works very well so more powerful the magnet the more torque you generate and all that that way it works very well there's not as a product there's nothing wrong with it it's just that the magnets need this rare earth and rare earths are this 17 elements in the periodic table they go by the name of this neodymium this prosium samarium they are critical for our future uh, and uh, and i have mentioned the problems we have and we need to solve them uh, and um, so our motor operates on a slightly different principle it is called the principle of reluctance so we we build reluctance motors so reluctance is the opposite of uh, inductance so i'll stop the tech there the best way to say it is uh, or the easiest way to say it is uh, uh, you know we have this flux lines right in the motor uh, flowing the flux lines are very similar to how the water behaves or any liquid water always goes from a higher potential to a lower potential taking the easiest path right that is critical the easiest path and reluctance is like that the flux is jumping from the stator to rotor taking the easiest path if the path is not easy it will pull the rotor back so that the path becomes easy and there and thereby you generate torque mm. so the trick is you keep rotating the magnetic field in the stator electronically and the rotor continues to catch up with the rotating field mm. because when it catches up when it catches up fully the uh, the path for the flux is the least reluctant path that is why they are called reluctant motors reluctance motors mm. i hope mm. that is um, uh, that explains why uh, our uh, uh, that's how that's how our motor works the advantage of this is the stator is made of steel and copper well known materials in the previous case in the uh, existing motors the there are magnets on the rotor 
in our case our rotor is just stamped steel and that is where the advantages of using a non critical material kicks in well and if this is so easy why have when people solved this problem right uh, so reluctance motors were well 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 known in the academia uh, the original paper goes back to 2000 years the problem with the reluctance motors is it, it has a lot of torque ripple it has noise it's highly non linear motor and it's critical that you control the rotating magnet field very precisely that was not possible all this time now with the advent of more available computing power even at the edge and better electronics which switch at higher frequency silicon carbide gan devices we can now conquer the non linearity of the motor to software and make it work that is why sometimes our motors are called software controlled motors hmm. uh, so that is why that, that's the main difference so we kind of move away from the dominance of the hardware in the motor to the dominance of the software in the motor but using much simpler materials mm-hmm. so and then so how you keep on changing the the sort of direction of the least Correct. resistant uh, path is, is that is at the core of your ip is it? exactly that is the core of the ip mm. so we so there are three uh, areas where we have done lot of ip generation the motor design itself we have come up with uh, innovative motor design that makes it work well hardware but the key is in the software the software is all is all is all where everything comes together and makes it work um the there are good and bad uh, things about this software it is critical it is time sensitive we need bigger processors and all that uh, it took about 4 years for us to solve everything and come to a uh, product which we can ship mm. but the good thing is it's software once i build it i can replicate it mm. like any software mm. and that's why i think from a business perspective um i think we will be a much more sustainable from a business point of view uh than existing motor companies mm. so the computer chip that you need can you take a shakti processor and use it or exactly ah. we want to do that we are already in touch with uh, which is the iit madras company mind grow mind grow ha ah. ah, because i maha is our uh, iit madras mafia right so that is a wrong word but he is from iit madras mm. so we are in touch with mind grow and we want to build a, and it's on a road map uh build a special chip which is suited for uh, uh, driving a reluctance motor that means like any hardware right you take the critical pieces of hard algorithms and accelerate it in the software mm-hmm. we spoke to mindgrow guys uh, so i think we'll we will start working on it um, maybe a year from now to be honest mm-hmm. the reason is we want to deploy our motors right. next year against revenue and show it to the world that hey, we have built this we have deployed it first time in the world you know do all of that mm. and then we start uh, optimizing mm. yeah. so currently they use off the shelf we use off the shelf chip from taiwan or some place no from the uh, regular semiconductor companies infineon okay. renasas st micro ti mm. all the usual suspects okay yeah. okay we we really want to do that uh, use a, a home grown um, engine Mm. a compute engine like shakti uh, and uh, make it work and then it will become more uh, more under our control than uh, outside mm. and uh, you made a passing reference to how it will be more viable in the 
or more cost effective in the longer run why did you qualify it like that that yeah. it's compared to existing existing motor, motor. Yeah. so today there are three materials that go into the construction of the motor uh, steel copper and magnets for the current motor mm. steel is about 100 rupees per kilogram today copper is about 1000 rupees it is i think slightly dropped down magnets are about 10000 rupees per kilogram so mm. there are one orders of magnitude mm. difference each mm. in our motor we have steel copper and nothing else and that is where our advantage comes in but uh, there's always a but uh, because we don't have the magnets we use a little bit more steel and copper but that more than uh, compensates for the uh, huge savings we get for not using the rare earth magnets mm. and that's why we will be cheaper motors so in place of the magnets that use rare earth magnets you're just building it out of steel and, and copper mm. yeah. and you said the um, early commercialization will be in second half of next year next year couple of quarters away we have received the orders mm. um, uh, from uh, about uh, five to six uh, so we have two business models one is um we have ip design uh, licensing model so you are a large company you come and tell us i want this motor built because i'm worried about the future you design the motor i'll manufacture it so we have uh, already a contract it's fairly public information with tata one of the tata group companies we just signed up with a much larger automotive company it's the ip design licensing model we also have a business model wherein we build the motor and the controller and supply it to you as a product Mm. and we, and this is also a critical learning and it's purely business we wanted to be in the ib design licensing model because you must have heard about arm right arm processor company we want to be the arm of motors you know sit and design and somebody else manufactures yeah. but what we found when we went to the market in the last two years is there are two two kinds of companies there is there is tata which says you know i know how to manufacture you give me the design i'll manufacture so we charge about 500k to 1 million dollars to design the motor and we charge a 1 or 2% royalty that works but then there are this another 108 companies which say that you know like uh, you know like uh, all the ev companies most of the ev companies uh, they say they their their area of expertise is their product they are building the two wheeler motor is a component they are telling us supply the motor so we are building up a factory so we're not only designing, we are manufacturing in Kenya, you know, the famous uh, industrial estate in North Bangalore. Uh, we will do the initial production there. Once the numbers pick up, uh, we will contract manufacture it. But the critical thing is we own the product, warranty, uh, liabilities, uh, supply chain, uh, all those things. But we will continue with the both. both there will be always a large company saying that, you know, I like your technology. I want to build it, but I know how to build it better than we can never dream of so we are doing both so currently what might be your biggest challenges i mean specific to chara yeah. so the, from a uh, so there are like three vectors um, um, one is the alta from a business point of view we go and do the same pitch to customers and they like it and all that but the forcing function to switch they already have something working I know it's from a neighboring country, you know, it's imported and all that, but there's something working and the forcing function to switch is not there. Mm. Uh, so that is, that is the, and so it's just a little harder to sell. We thought it would be much easier, 
but we are finding it out that it's harder but having, that's why having said that you know we have contracts with two large uh, companies and uh, half a dozen orders from uh, this in the product model that, that and that continues to be upgrade task uh, mm-hmm. the second problem which we are finding is that it is extremely difficult to find a talent for this deep tech company now we are talking about you know maxwell's equations you know uh, vectors and you know all those things which is not very common um, in our ecosystem to be my to put right. it mildly yeah. so we are uh, that is the hardest thing to find well there is a good thing is um, you know what i am seeing is uh, i think as a, as a as a society as a country we have changed uh we are no longer poor like we were in the 80s when i graduated uh i think the risk appetite for youngsters coming out of college is slightly higher now uh so they like to work at startups like us which were doing fundamentally new work uh, i think that is helping us so we have graduates from carnegie mellon uh you know uh, european universities people who want to come back these are indian origin people the other kind of people what we are seeing is people uh, who are in the let's say how to put it mildly uh, last decade of their career they like to do something new uh, give their experience and we have people coming in from there also but it is still a huge uh, uphill um, task mm. um, hiring uh, the last one is uh, is becoming better uh, which is raising capital we uh, we need lot of capital to get to profitability revenue and profitability and so we are still not the darlings of the vc industry uh, so it is much uh, uh, much harder mm. the valuations are not so good and all that but those are the three problems uh, i see for now how much money have you all raised so uh, we got a initial grant from the indian institute of science in uh, 2020 then we raised a million dollars uh, led by ciie from i am ahmedabad and kalari which is about a million dollars uh, seed money in 21 and then we raised our pre series a uh, last year in 22 uh, led by xfinity about 5 million dollars uh, mm-hmm. that, that's where we are mm-hmm. uh, so you all are talking now for the next round or to close the series a with more money or so um, not yet um, we have a decent uh, runway um, we also need to show business traction and product traction mm. so this story is nice to tell and everybody likes it and all that but eventually we are a business for profit business right. we'll have to show all of that so we are very close to that as i mentioned to you we have this pos from this half a dozen companies we will deploy it next year against revenue uh, and then go for a fundraise probably uh, middle of next year Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people in your team now we have uh, 55 people and pretty much everybody is engineering so we are a classic uh, engineering driven deep tech company mm-hmm. um which is going to change in the next two quarters because we are ha- doing some hiring for manufacturing and we are building the business side of the organization mm-hmm. okay so o- over the next 12 months what might be the top priorities We, we there is only one priority for us and we are told that outside and inside the company deploy against revenue and this this solves um, i think many problems one is this is real it's not a story anymore people all over the world are working on it and the second one is as, as i said it's personal you know we want to show 
build a product and tech which is first time in the world from uh, from india uh, and the uh, and the third one is it's been a long you know it's not very long for deep tech companies it's been four years uh, and me and rest of the team also would like to see some fruits of our uh, labor so it's very uh, like almost like what is the horses with the uh, tunnel, tunnel vision yeah with the blinders blinkers so we are like that now. very clear yeah. we have the technology we now know that it is cost and performance competitive customers have given us the orders so it's it's ours to lose if we don't execute and then uh, that's it for this conversation i hope you found it interesting you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast app I'm Hari Arkli. Thank you for listening.